You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? And we are back. Welcome back to the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. And I was of the belief that Travis Etienneier should be taken at number 30. I've gone on the record. And I had kind of a hot take last week where (laughs) we're talking about imploding that whole entire position, starting fresh with Matt Breida and hopefully a guy like Travis Etienneier have. Now, as, as far as upgrading that position, you you, you got to figure out something. Is it the offensive line or is it field position? You don't want to you know run run plays at a certain point of the game and you're trusting your pass game to get you down the field. Maybe that was the story of the game last year. So we're going to talk about that. Are you pro pass or pro run? Like, look, last week I basically had to break down to Matt Perino Buffalo Bills beat reporter and Ryan Talbot, uh, Buffalo Bills sports writer, that I just do not think at the, at, at the point in time, I, when we were having this really heated discussion, talking about philosophy, I just did not believe the Buffalo Bills would have a really sustainable offense without the running back position severely getting addressed. We saw what happened when we faced Kansas City, and I'm not going to get back on that soapbox. I just want to tell you where I stand. And hopefully you can chime in, maybe in the comments or maybe on Twitter, whatever you guys want to do, at BuffHub. Like, look, I don't want the passing game to go away. I want it to stay put. I want us to have the same success as last year. Well, we lost John Brown. Yeah, but Emmanuel Sanders fills in just fine. We still have speed. And let's get something straight. In, in the first couple of games where you saw John Brown show up, <laughs> he had to. And you saw the results of what ended up happening when he was off the field. We went 5-0. and The Buffalo Bills can do whatever the hell they want with who they have right now. If not, be even better. And I think be even better in the red zone. So... We got to jump on both sides here, and we're gonna. I'm basically trying to explain where I stand, where I think the Buffalo Bills could improve to benefit where I stand, and continue on from there. So, number one, I think they need to pass it just as much as last year. Secondly, as far as running the football. There just needs to be better play calling 
and more importantly, a guy who can get outside. That was an issue with Devin Singletary. You kept seeing him, you know, he cuts one guy, he'll go up the field, try to go up the field, and, you know, the second guy gets him. We need a guy, maybe this is Matt Breida. Well, people are looking at, the, you know, the tape from last year, and, oh, you know, with, with Miami, and he just didn't fit well, and then there's some people saying maybe he's just not as good as people think he is. Well, look at his tape with San Francisco. You'll see he made a very lackluster offensive line at times. I say at times, they weren't abysmal, but at times where the offensive line was getting beat at the point of attack, him take it to the house or just gouge defenses. That's all the Buffalo Bills need. I'm not saying the Buffalo Bills need a bell cow. We don't. It's just when the going gets tough and you're facing a team like Kansas City like you did in the AFC Championship, like you did in the regular season, and you lost by, I guess, right right around 11 points. <sighs> You're seeing that we can't run the football. So I think we just need an offense that is able to pass when it wants to and run when it wants to. It's as simple as that. Because it literally all that's missing right now is a guy who fits this passing offense. Now, I don't, want to, I don't want to play this whole game of, oh, what if we have Dalvin Cook? What if we have Alvin Kamara? Like, look, at the end of the day, you look at a guy like Alvin Kamara, and he's a guy who can do it all, but he's extremely rare to find. Extremely rare. The Saints got super lucky with him. Uh, you look at Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings got super lucky with him. Like, all of these guys who kind of just fit running the football, maybe just get out, getting out in open space, it's, it's not really normal. And that's what we want, but maybe all of that flash and savvy isn't what we need. Maybe what we need to do is just build around what we have right now. The offense is great at passing the football. Think about it this way. Brian Dable did not get a head coaching job and had an offense that was ranked third. Third. And I also want to say, guys, I'm recording this in a completely different place. I can't tell you the location, but uh, there's different sounds and things like that going on. So for the next, I'm not going to say how long, but very long while, it's going to sound a lot different uh, than it used to. Now, with that being said, I wanted to open that up because uh, I want to be transparent with my listeners. Now, the (laughs) fact that the Buffalo Bills had third-ranked offense and the offensive coordinator doesn't go. Says to me, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm just trying to be like, get out of the box a little bit here, because as a fan, I can speak. But as as a football fan, in general, if I'm looking at Brian Dable, I am honestly saying, you're really great at one dimension, and then it gets pretty abysmal in the other dimension. And and that's that's a problem to me if I'm going to bring you in to coach my entire football team. Now, that's being devil's advocate, but being a Buffalo Bills fan and being on the inside really seeing what he's done and how the Bills can keep capitalizing, <laughs> I have nothing but praise for him. He took a quarterback who was slated to 
to have the worst completion percentage in probably in NFL history. He was for a starting quarterback in NFL history to just continue on from what the trek he was going into. And basically completely changed his mechanics. I'm talking about as a starting quarterback, quarterback that people would invest into. You know, he worked with him. Obviously, Josh Allen got a lot of credit for that, working with, you know, Jordan Palmer, whatever have you. But Brian Dable figured out a way to work to his strengths. So what Brian Dable, Brandon Bean, and Sean McDermott figured out they needed to do was get a superstar in the building. Someone who can help other receivers and also get separation on his own. Stephon Diggs is a boss. God bless him. And I don't think that needs to change at all. And I don't want to upset him. I want I want the team to be completely built around Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and a guy at the running back position who has a spark. Like, look, I'll be real now. I'm going to just say this before I get into anything else. I believe the Buffalo Bills are going to figure out the running back position. Whether if it's going to be with Devin Singletary, which, look, I'm not a fan of, and Zach Moss, I'm not really a big fan of, for this offense, I think they're going to figure it out. Like, it just feels like this is the last box to check off, along with the defensive end position, which I am a big fan of in the draft, you know, investing heavily into if Travis is not there at 30, maybe trading back, trying to see if a guy falls, and trying to stack up as many positions as possible, due to the cap situation especially. You have to build in the draft now, nowadays, especially with what's going on. But, you know, look, I can sit here on a soapbox saying this or that about (laughs) the running back position. I just want to be clear that I do have faith it's going to get figured out. If it's not this draft, it'll be next year. Like I'm not really concerned of the Bills not being competitive next year or as competitive next year. I'm I'm just eyeballing <laughs> the AFC Championship again and how we're going to get there and how are we going to get to a Super Bowl. That's what it's all about, right? That's the monkey on the back. We want to know what the answer is. Because when we got close to the big show, we shrunk. Like Rey Mysterio in the WWE, right in front of Big Show. Yeah, I love wrestling. I can talk about it for days. You get uh get Pro Ant back on here. <laughs> Look, like there is a lot of room for improvement on in other areas. <laughs> we are way far ahead than other teams, though. And there are teams who are not even close, at, like as far as the passing game goes. And what's crazy is that they're also years ahead in their rebuild than we are. Like, look at the Los Angeles Rams. They're a complete mess right now. They got Matt Stafford, but he's one hit away from... The Los Angeles, Los Angeles, and Los Angeles Rams from becoming irrelevant. That's just what it is. They're going to be a little bit better than they were than when they had Jared Goff. That's that's the truth, right? 
But I'm looking at the Bills, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, like, third-ranked offense, the defense, you know, clicked on all cylinders once the playoffs started to come around, and quite frankly, just got beat to the punch by Kansas City in an AFC championship game. I've talked about that game plenty of times, and I'm, all, I'm always referring to it, but it is going to be a basis for this conversation. It's easy to get a guy out of the draft who can give you three to four yards when you need it. But as far as getting to the outside, as far as swinging him outside you know, in a five-wide set and maybe getting him the football, last time the Bills had that was Shady McCoy. Like a sustainable attack at that position to help out. So... That's just where I stand. Like I, I again, I got very passionate because last week I was having this, you know, big discussion of the philosophical approach. And again, I totally agree with what Matt Perino was saying. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> this was the most exciting Buffalo Bills football team we have seen since the 90s. The early 90s. It's you can't you can't just walk over that, and you know I, I was very humbled by that conversation. I was very humbled that you know Matt also got a little bit emotional about it because obviously he's been a fan his whole life, just like I have. And you know he's got like you know eight ten years older eight to ten years on me <laughs> as far as age, but um, you know he's obviously in. He's an expert. He really obviously is in the Buffalo. Bill's culture. He's in it. He feels it. He knows what's going on and he knows the effect it's having on the entire team in the city. Totally get it. So I feel like a way to meet in the middle is understanding like what needs to happen is sustainability at that position. Something like, you know, game in and game out, you're going to get this type of production out of this player. That's it. And that's the that's the tricky part. Now going into the running game here, like that's what I, that's why I said I want to implode it because I don't feel like I'm getting consistency out of that position. If I'm being real, <laughs> if I'm another team and I'm looking at Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of what they're going to be able to do. Now pick your poison. They had their moments last year, especially Zach Moss against New England. Now. And it was it was a very it was a very clutch moment for him and uh, you know the morale of the team, uh, believing in a guy like him obviously coming out of Utah. I was very fond of. Uh, I just kind of realized after watching that it was very uncomfortable to watch the Bills go from all kinds of weird wide receiver you know motion sets and all these, and then they just go to like a power run stance you know, power, power run formation, like, you know, ISO or strong and, or <laughs> they never, I don't think they, they barely ran it to the strong side. They were trying to run it to the weak side over and over and over. And it was, it still was, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't operating for the Bills offense. So where I'm getting at is maybe Matt Breida is the answer and maybe getting a guy like Travis out of obviously Clemson can really benefit that position going forward. 
way. There is no way the Bills go back to the AFC Championship by completely switching up the philosophy and trying to run it a hell of a lot more next year. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Given to beat Kansas City, you need a good running game. But to get back to the AFC Championship, most likely against Kansas City, again, you need a running game. You need a guy who can provide the spark. And look, the defensive side of the football is a completely different conversation. If you look back at that game, you'll notice the Bills had a momentum swing that most likely could have propelled them into having you know their foot on the throat and most likely affecting the play calling of the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's the thing. like The reason the Buffalo Bills were so successful last year was because I felt like nine out of 10 times, they just, I just felt like they were in control of a game. It, it, you just felt it. And then the playoffs came and you, you it's kind of like they got hit in the teeth. And they understood. We have to evolve. Given Josh Allen, the superstar that he's becoming, I, I think already is, in my opinion, like, he carried that team on his shoulders in that entire playoff run. And, you know, it's just interesting to me, though. Like, what is it going to take? Who is it going to take? With a quarterback as crazy dynamic as Josh Allen is, to just become a superstar. Like, and, and again, I understand I'm... I'm going into this whole rant of, you know, a superstar running back position. But what I'm trying to say is like, why is it so hard for Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to, you know, keep evolving underneath a guy like Josh Allen? If anything, it should be the easiest thing to do is evolve under a quarterback that can literally gouge a defense for like a 50-yard run on his own. You're terrified of him. Well, that some people are saying, well, then it's the off- offensive line that just needs to f- get figured out. Like maybe it's Mitch Morris. Maybe, um, you know, it's the you know, the right tackle position. We still need more consistency, blah, 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 blah. Like I, I get it. You know, Darrell Williams is new last year and we had a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of injuries obviously on the offensive line. But regardless of that, we went 13 and three without a solid running game. So that's why I'm not really of the belief that it's completely the, you know, I believe it's the skill is heavier on the running back side than it is on the offensive line side. That's just me. That's just what I think. That's just what I think the, <laughs> the cookie crumbles down to, as Bruce would say. I personally just think like 2020 was a year to realize that the Bills just came into their own. Because Josh Allen did. Josh Allen gets better. The offense gets better. The offense stays more consistent. We keep a guy like Stefan Diggs around. We're constantly going to be competing for championships, for sure. It's too easy to build around two stellar offensive players like that. So th- this is why I have this, <laughs> this frustration of when does this position get figured out? I'm I, again, I, I don't want, I don't even, I don't care if it's not a superstar. Like we need someone 
to help us when the going gets tough and we're in the playoffs to keep us dynamic so that Josh Allen isn't having to dig us out of a hole. He can do it. But that shouldn't be an expectation. He's not Tom Brady. You saw what happened against Kansas City. There was only so much he could do. So the Bills are coming off an amazing year. They're coming off a year where records were broken from the quarterback position. Now, people are going to say, well, the crowd noise really has a huge effect on how effective an offense is. And I totally agree. Look, I'm not going to be biased about it. Like, I just totally agree. It's a huge factor. I think it's one of the big reasons why our defense struggled early on in the season and then slowly but surely started to come, in, come around and really start to fix what they were doing. It was really weird seeing no fans in the stands. And, you know, yeah, but I don't think it's just going to be the Bills are going to get affected. Like, every team is going to get affected by that. But here's the other thing. I, I also don't think for one second that it's going to be easier for teams to not hear what the Bills are calling when the crowds are screaming and you're on, de- you're on the defensive side. I've, I've always been of the belief that the Bills were a superstar player away at the wide receiver position from just really exploding onto the scene. You look at what happens to great quarterbacks when they lose their number one target. Tom Brady left New England when Rob, Rob, Rob Gronkowski was gone, right? Deshaun Watson is in a horrible mess of a situation in Houston ever since DeAndre Hopkins got traded. I can keep going on with examples. Cam Newton loses Steve Smith, then loses, loses Kelvin Benjamin, and injuries just start to mount up. He gets blamed for everything. His offense became very just lackluster, and then you know Christian McCaffrey came on the scene, and then they didn't want him anymore. <laughs> like, you can't make it up. The wide receiver position is a big deal, and it is a passing league, and I'm of the belief that the Buffalo Bills are going to continue to have a, an extreme amount of success at that style of play. And little, little did we know the Bills had it in them. You know, I, I was so proud to watch them last year, as all of you were. As all of you know, we've been waiting for an offense to give us what we've longed for for so long, and that is passing touchdowns. <laughs> we were all getting nervous if, if Josh Allen couldn't throw the deep ball accurate, you know, and uh, he's, he's still going to keep working on it. Now, I do believe that there are still a couple more pieces that will definitely help gel. I'm not going to put this solely. Like, I want to close this up real quick. Other players at the wide receiver position still need to stay producing. I know Cole Beasley is getting older, but we kept him, and we let go of John Brown. Gabe Davis needs to connect with Josh Allen on these deep balls. It needs to keep happening, and he also needs to get more opportunities in contested situations. And again, he got them last year. For a rookie, really shined, I think, more than a lot of other rookies at the wide receiver position. And he was not given enough credit. I give credit words, dude. Like, Gabe Davis, you know I love him. He is the man. I think he is the future wide receiver, too. 
we bring in a guy like Emmanuel Sanders because he has proven. But make no mistake, if Gabe Davis gets the ball rolling, Emmanuel Sanders is automatically expendable. It's, it's just it's just what it is. I love I love his style of play. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is going to fit really well. I'm just saying, he signed a one-year deal. I don't think we bring him back if Gabe Davis has an amazing year and starts to really shine like we're expecting him to. But again, it does help at the running back position to have a guy who can ease off some of the tension when we're passing it 40 to 50 times. Maybe we can run it 10 to 15 attempts, possibly. Get a guy who can relish those opportunities and really make the most of it. So, you know, that's just my approach. That's what I wanted to get into. The draft is coming up. We're going to definitely have a lot of draft coverage. I am <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck on Travis Etienne. I, I don't know if I say it right. I really don't care at this point. I just love his play. Kind of reminds me of an Alvin Kamara-esque, you know, style. I think he would fit great with the Buffalo Bills. I want him at number, th- I want him at number 30. If he is not there, for the love of God, trade back Buffalo. Trade back. That's just where I'm at. I personally am getting prepared for the next three weeks to provide really good just insight. I've been doing a lot of research on different draft prospects, and I don't want to just aimlessly go in this way, that direction. It's just all over the place. Like Next week, I'm going to dive into the defensive ends. The week afterward, I'm going to dive into the running back position. The week after that, I'm going to dive into other positions that I believe the Buffalo Bills need to upgrade. Just I'm taking it little by little because there are a lot of players with a lot of talent. And believe it or not, that talent could still be there as undrafted rookies. So as much as we want to, you know, rant and holler about drafting this guy, getting that guy, there are plenty of players in NFL history that have dropped out of the draft, didn't get picked up, and then got picked up as an undrafted free agent and ended up having an amazing NFL career. So I'm hoping to get some really good guests on to help me dissect several positions to, um, you know, have a really solid approach because, look, the draft itself is just, it is so multidimensional that it is impossible to take one month and have a good board that you are for sure you believe it's all going to land maybe three of the <laughs> three of three of your seven picks get picked right like that doesn't even happen and you know it's really difficult even now with the covid restrictions and you know meeting up with players and stuff like that isn't happening and people aren't attending and they're staying with their families and there's all kinds of things going on. Um, some players aren't working out like for teams. Like it's, it's really weird how things are starting to transpire, but this is where, you know, an NFL staff makes their money. It's easy to hide behind headlines and then blame it on the players. This is why I'm taking my time to really dissect and learn. So thank you guys so much for listening to me on Buffalo Rumblings. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Have a great rest of your weekend. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.